live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nico Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome to Off The Tee for the last time this year. And there's no better time to be wrapping things up than with a full and comprehensive Australian Open preview show. It has been an absolute joy to be talking all things golf with you all throughout the year. And hopefully we'll be back in 2023. Uh, But it is a pleasure again to welcome in for the final time this year, the former world number 16, the only man with a two-zip record in match play golf against Tiger Woods. You can try and find someone else on the planet who's done it. you will not, because he sits across from me each and every week for Off the Tee. Nick Ahern, hello to you, mate. G'day, Sam. Great to finish this year with the big one, the Aussie Open. I can't wait for this. Uh, it's all for Cobra Golf. Win one of five putters on their Insta. So get on to the Cobra Golf Instagram page and you could be winning. Before we do get to the Australian Open preview, Nick, um, follow Cobra Golf on Insta at Cobra Puma Golf AU and you could win a King 3D printed putter. Um, we need to talk about uh, the biggest story in golf uh, for this week, and that's this. He's a headline act in every way. For the third time, Cameron Smith is the 40-net Australian PGA champion. And the party is well and truly underway. What a moment for him in front of his family. Smithy, you broke through here with your first Australian PGA, now three in a row. How special is it to play so well at home again? Yeah, it's awesome, mate. Uh, I really didn't think I had it in me this week, to be honest. Uh, the start of the week was a little bit scratchy and uh, the game just got better and better as the week went on, other than the front nine today. How was it with the delays today just to keep the momentum, keep the concentration when you had to come back out? Yeah, I guess it's just a little bit frustrating. Uh, you're kind of uh, in the mojo there a little bit and uh, for it to be stopped not once but twice was, uh, yeah, a little bit frustrating. But, uh, you know, just held on to it and played really solid those last eight holes. Magnificent performance. Congratulations on once again being the champion here at the Australian PGA Championships. Well done, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers. What a win. What a win indeed. Cam Smith, a three-shot win over Japan's Rio Hisatsuni and Jason Scrivener, uh, the WA born and raised. Um, What a performance it was, Nick. Uh, You were there on the coverage for Fox, and he not only had to battle a, a really, really strong field, the elements, the emotion, it was a great win. Oh, it certainly was, and... As I think in his own words, he he wasn't sure if he had it in him this week because it actually was a massive week for him because to start things off, he had all these ceremonies uh, and awards ceremonies to go to, like uh, he won the Greg Norman Medal, Uh, the city of Brisbane gave him the keys to the city. He had a couple of other things on that week, I believe, for other different awards. I mean, he, he was out almost every night. It was kind of chaotic and... And the way he just got better and better as the week mm. went on was really impressive. He got off to a real sluggish start. I think he was one over through his front nine. He teed off 10 yep. on Thursday and then came home like a freight train, I think four under his last six to shoot three under and put himself right in the golf tournament and then got it going early Friday morning or Friday afternoon, I think it was. And uh, and then he just sat one back going into the weekend. So he's in that prime position that he really loved. But the thing that impressed me the most, I guess, over the entire week and especially 
over the weekend, his short game. I mean, it is. Oh. It could be the best in the world, I think. Yep. It's, uh, his putting is obviously, you know, we, we've seen him hold putts from everywhere uh, throughout this year, especially at the Open Championship and at the Players' Championship at Sawgrass when he won there as well. And you almost, it, it's hard to see him miss a putt at times. When he misses something from 10 feet, you go, did I just see him miss a putt? That's kind of bizarre. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then it's funny, that Sunday... He obviously had the lead going in. He had a couple of players, uh, Yan Wei Lu, who he's playing with, and also Kawamura, the Japanese player. And, and out, you know, we were a bit tongue-tied in the commentary booth with some of the names going on back and forth. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a lot of fun in there for sure. But uh, he, he sort of got off to he, – wasn't, he wasn't on song early. Um, you know, he had a birdie and about eight pars on the front nine. So his round was fine. He kept it going, but he just wasn't striking the ball exactly how it, he wanted. And then they had the rain delay – uh, he made an early bogey there. And then all of a sudden we had three players tied for the lead and we're going, Oh, hang on, here we go. And, but when the moment came for him to hit, hit the shot that was required, I think the turning point was on the 12th hole, the short par four. It was just an incredible up and down. In the hole. I saw Jim Tucker, who's been a long-time uh, reporter in, in Brisbane and Queensland, uh, predominantly rugby union, but follows uh, golf uh, as well as anyone and writes about golf as well as anyone. And I saw a tweet from him to say that if Cam's to win, he was standing right behind him um, to video that. He said, if he's to win, this is the hole. That was a flop shot over a tree. How far off uh, from the green? Oh, he wasn't that far. It was probably a, a 35, mm. 40 metre shot. But you and Porter, our, our on-course uh, commentator, when he got over the ball, he said, well, I see a little bump and run under the tree, this, this, and this. And then he's gone, oh, hang on, he's got the lob wedge out. Oh, I didn't see that uh, because the lie was a bit suspect. So mm. it was one of those shots where things could have gone badly wrong, but he hit it to about three feet, knocked it in for the birdie, and then bang, yeah. he was away. Uh, and that is the greatest example of what you're talking about with his short game and, and his putting is a joy to behold. I mean, it's, you are watching an artist at work, and there is an artistry to it. I mean, you can, you would know this. You, who were the guys that you most respected out on, on the course when you were playing with them? Was it, it's all very well and good if you can bomb one however far, but if you can, if you can bring out the, the short irons and the putter, almost like a fencer uses a sword, and be so precise, mm. so damaging... Death by a thousand cuts, and he's just yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, he he has yeah, as I've said, almost probably the best short game in the world. And I think what brings it out of those sorts of players is the golf course. And Royal Queensland actually, I was really impressed with the way they set it up. They shaved the greens all around in the surrounds, so the ball just didn't you know run off to a few feet off the green. It ran ten, fifteen yards away, and then all of a sudden you had options. You could you could putt it from off there. You could bump and run. You could get the the lob wedge out. They had all these options, and that's where I think the genius came out in Cam because he had a couple of up and downs. I think it was on the Saturday where you're thinking, if he can get this within ten feet, that's an unbelievable shot. And he knocked mm. it to two feet. I mean, it was it was just exquisite. Some of the some of the touch and feel he had around the greens, and and really that was the separator because from tee to green, there are other players who probably hit the ball a little bit better than him, but on the greens and around the greens, he there was there was no yeah. one better and. For him to close out the tournament the way he did when he needed to, he stepped up at those clutch moments. Well, that's what champions do. We gave our tips going in and a couple of players to watch. And I, I had mentioned Lucas Herbert and I was gutted for him. He he did his back in in, in hitting 
to warm up. And he had birdied three out of his first six. <laughs> he was going along brilliantly, but then just the back just got the better of him and he just couldn't find any power through his swing and he had to um, give it away. But the other player I mentioned, and it was a couple of captain obvious ones for me, but Minwoo Lee, jeez, oh, I mean, apart from his day two, um, where he was um, two over, what a tournament he had. And again, he's really starting to show consistency over the last couple of months. Yeah, he is. I watched him in the Pro-Am hit a tee shot and, and I posted something on it because he, uh, he hit this driver and I thought, oh my goodness, I haven't heard a ball come off a club like that in a long time. And certainly mine mine doesn't sound like that for sure. But he had a, a week similar to this tournament earlier in the year in January when they were there uh, for the 2021 version of this, but it was played obviously in 2022 where he finished tied for fourth. And in that particular week, he hit the ball great from tee to green, but just couldn't get it in the hole. And, and I think uh, this particular time he did something very similar and he had a couple of moments through the second round, obviously, as, as you said, he had the, the poor finish, which cost him a little bit. But then yeah. on the third day and fourth day, he got off to the starts he wanted. He birdied the first two holes, both Saturday and Sunday, but unfortunately he just couldn't kick on with it. And if he had, if he'd have taken advantage of a couple of opportunities that he had there, he really would have given Smith a run for his money. But he, you know, he's, he's playing great at the moment. He obviously wants that top uh, 50 in the world rankings at the end of the year. Cause if he, I think he might need to win this week, the Aussie open. If he wins this week, that may get him into the top 50. And then he's got that master's exemption, which is really what he's after. But obviously the Aussie opens top of top of his list. Only 10 ranking points for Cam Smith. Are we going to go there? Are we? <laughs> well, no, I, I understand. Yeah. I mean, players and everyone's getting a little bit upset about the whole world rankings and, and how they're, there is no perfect formula to it. Um, I always just think, look, if you play good golf, the rankings will take care of itself for sure. But yeah, that's that's a you know we could we don't want to we don't want to end this uh, year on a conversation about world ranking points. I don't think. Just a, just a little one to bring up. But I, I loved, and we, unfortunately we don't have the audio of it, is Cam Smith after the tournament, after uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk, the Premier, had shaken his hand and handed over the trophy. He, he spoke and got quite emotional about the fact that his nan was there. She's just had two bouts of chemo and was out on her feet for, you know, was there on course to cheer him on for seven hours. And that, that you could tell how much that meant to him. And his grandfather was there and his family were there. And um, it just felt like there was a lot, it was low. It felt loaded for him, and the decision we live and and probably nervous about. Well, what support will I get? I know I'm homecoming, and I know they love me in Queensland. And um, but how do people feel? And there was so much love and support for him. And 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 the year that he's had. We spoke about Rory the other week, and everything Rory had had. Well, the Cam's year is just as good. Um, five wins on it. Um, the players to go with the, the Open Championship. His performance at the other majors as well. Again, he was right at the pointy end on the tables there obviously made the move to live golf he won um and and then was right there for the team shootout at the end so when you factor in all of that and jim wrote a story about some of the great australian seasons and he he believes it's right up there yeah i totally agree i think uh it's it's hard to separate rory and and cam this year to be honest for the way they both played in if I was to pick uh, who, who's the record I would want over the, out of the two, it would be Cam's because he's got the British Open. Yeah. Uh, Rory doesn't have a major this year. So, you know, the golf he's played uh, is is just phenomenal. The interesting thing, thing about the PGA last week was while we were there, no one even spoke about Liv. It was just a matter of – and it wasn't that it was a taboo subject. It was just a matter of, you know, we, all we're seeing is, is our best golfers playing mm. here, and that's really all we want. 
Um, before we come back and really start the drill down into the Australian Open, I just want to read some of the years that Jim mentioned as the great Australian years. Norman in 86, um, he won eight times and rose to world number one. I think he got his first um, Open at Turnbury. Um, Jason Day in 2015, Adam Scott's green jacket parade in 2013, and then he mentions Kari Webb's 2000 and Peter Thompson's seven win, 1965. Yeah, that's... It's illustrious, isn't it? It's a pretty cool company to be in, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, any any year that an Aussie wins a major, obviously that's a big year for Australian golf. Um, and then you've got to look, okay, what have they also done that year around it? And some say Sawgrass is... Well, the, the, the Players' Championship is the fifth major. Mm. You know, they'll, they'll never call it a major, but... Uh, they say that's the next biggest tournament outside the majors. So you could put it down that he has possibly had the greatest uh, ever year. Uh, the motivation, the, the question was about what kind of motivation he carries around. And this is an, an extraordinary answer. I do love the film Teledega Nights, Ricky Bobby, where he says, if you ain't first, you're last. I do think about that pretty often, especially when you're coming down the last few holes and, and you've got the lead. So there we go. So as we go to the break, Cam Smith, uh, on Off the Tee, this one's for you. Gene, if you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? That phrase is trademark not to use that tradition to Ricky Bobby. So there we go. That's an issue. Um, expect Cameron Smith to be sued by Ricky Bobby uh, from using that trademarked <laughs> expression. Um, so that was the Australian PGA. So congratulations to Cam Smith, a three-time winner now, uh, five wins uh, for the season, and what a year it's been. And it's been a joy to be able to watch it, to, to talk about it, and to cover it. And there's plenty more joy to come in the Australian summer. The well. The crown in the jewel uh, alongside the Australian uh, PGA is the Australian Open. For the first time ever, men's and women's happening concurrently. Uh, we will drill down into that next uh, on Off The Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, the final off the tee for 2022 is all about previewing the 2022 Australian Open for Cobra Golf. Win one of five putters on their Insta. You can follow Cobra Golf on Insta at cobra-puma-golf-au and you could win a King 3D printed putter. Um, Nick Ahern, it's just great to have uh, the Australian Open back. I mean, it's the longest reign uh, for, for Matt Jones, who won the last Australian Open in uh, 2019, and MB Park, who won... Um, in Adelaide uh, in 2020. So um, this is an exciting year because for the first time ever, uh, the Australian Open is going to be run uh, is going to be run concurrently, uh, both men's and women's happening at the same time um, using Kingston Heath and Victoria Golf Clubs. I'm so excited to see how this. I mean, it's almost like the Australian Open of tennis is how this is going to roll out. Oh, exactly. I was out there earlier today uh, at the Victoria Golf Club, wandering around and to see. The men and women out there playing together and mixing it up. It was it was a lot of fun uh, just to just to see them all playing together out there. And the golf courses are just going to be, I think, the stars of the show because they're in unbelievable condition. And the way the you know it's sandbelt golf. The way the greens and the bunkers cut into the greens and the slopes and the runoffs. Oh, we're going to see so much variety especially around the greens this week. And uh, it's just great on the men's side to see the Aussie Open back in Melbourne. It's been 
2005 when it was down at Moomina, but 2002 was the last time it was on the sandbelt of Victoria Golf Club, which I played at when it was a 54-hole event. Steve Allen. Steve Allen won it, yes. I uh, love uh, Jeff Ogilvie saying during the week that uh, he grew up watching Australian Opens on sandbelt. He turned pro and hasn't played in one on a sandbelt. Oh, I mean, yeah, you got a feel for Jeff in that regard because you think, <laughs> my whole career, I haven't really played one. No. I haven't played one here. And then on the women's side... Uh, well, yeah, it's been two years since MB Park won at Royal Adelaide, but it hasn't been in Melbourne since 2015 when Lydia Co won at Royal Melbourne Golf Club. But um, you know, to have it back here in in I, and I hate to say this, but Melbourne is the home of golf in in Australia. I think in that mm. regard, where the Sandbelt has just that unique feel to it. I mean, Sydney it obviously feels has Australian, some, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, Sydney obviously has some great courses, but there, there are so many. Uh, great sandbelt courses here in Melbourne, and it's one of the reasons I moved here from Perth, funnily enough, is to be more around these golf courses. So it's, uh, I just can't wait. In a way, I wish I was playing, but I thought, no, nah, that involves practice. I'm going to be talking about it on the TV instead, which is going to be equally as fun. So it's the 105th ever um, Australian Open for the men. It's the 30th ever for the women. And the all abilities will actually be happening at the same time uh, as well, which makes it uh, just such a, it feels like such a whole event. It feels like the whole golfing community, Nick, coming together. Before we get into who's playing this year uh, on both sides of the draw, I thought that we would just maybe have a, well, look back at the history and some of the moments. I mean, you are a three-time runner-up of the Australian Open. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Yep. <laughs> well, you have a you have a rich history, consistency. Yeah. Matt Jones, of course, has won two out of the last uh, six, and has also been runner-up, I think, a couple of times. So his, you know, his history at this event is impressive. But do you have a? I'll get your personal moments, but also just your historic moments of this tournament that that spring to mind for you. Well, personally, I mean, uh, the Australian Open kicked off my career in 1997 at Metropolitan Golf Club, where I Monday qualified, led after two days, and ended up finishing fifth behind uh, Norman and Westwood. One uh, Westwood won in a playoff, but so I, I always have fond memories of the Australian Open, and I've played I don't know twenty something mm. of them since. And as you mentioned, three runner-ups. I, I was leading pro one year though. Um, <laughs> at 99, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Badley. <laughs> Uh, the amateur, unfortunately, yep. won, and Greg Norman and I tied for a second. I wanted to go into a player for Greg for the check, but uh, but they wouldn't let us. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's an iconic event, and you look at the, um, the the Stonehaven Cup, as it's called, which is the trophy given to the men. And I'm, I'm again, I'm talking on the men's side of golf here, but it's uh, it's you know, the names on that cup is amazing: Jack Nicklaus, Gary Player, um, Kel Nagel, you know, um, Ian Baker Finch, Greg Norman. Obviously, there's mm. there's just such a history. Arnold Palmer, Arnold, yeah, Arnold Palmer. I mean, I, I haven't actually had an up close and personal look at it because I've I've never held it in my hand. Tom Watson, Jack Newton. Yeah, look at them all. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. But, uh, it? but also Australian golfers too, Nick. I mean, Peter Senior. Steve Elkington, uh, you mentioned Greg Chalmers, you know Aaron Badley twice, Stuart Appleby, your great mate, and Peter Lonard, Robert, and these are Craig Parry, Jeff Ogilvy, that Adam Scott. I mean, it's oh, I know, yeah, it's 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 incredible. And then on the women's side, I mean, Kari Webb's won it five times, and you, she's back to try and win a sixth. And Kari's back. I can't wait to watch her. How play. good? Laura Davies has won it a couple of times. You, you know, Inby Park, Nelly Corder. Uh, Lydia Ko, um, you know, you name it. It's just Jane Crafter, obviously. It's uh, well, Kari's the last Australian to win it in 2014. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. At the Victoria Golf Club. So guess what? I yeah, think she's, uh, she's it's a homecoming. It, it is sort of. It is. No, absolutely. <laughs> so, 
And um, and she won it at Kingston Heath too, just for good measure in yeah, 2008. Yeah. No, that's right. But it's going to be hard to go past Minji Lee and, and Hannah Green this week. Yeah. I mean, they're uh, two of the superstars. Yeah. But, you know, if we're going to be talking on the field, I mean, in the women's side, you've got four of the top 20 players in the world, which mm. is incredible. In Minji Lee, you've got Jennifer Cupcho, uh, Zhu Lin and Hannah Green and also Ashley Buhai, who who won the Women's British Open uh, this year. Mm. So it's a very strong field. And then former number one G.A. Shin from South Korea. Go watch her if you can because she's a she's a machine, that woman. We'll, we'll get to the players to watch on both sides. But the other one we should mention is that Jordan Spieth has won this twice. He did. And, yeah. and beat Cam Smith. And, and I was going to say, yeah. you, know who, you know who is a bit uh, unhappy about that, about Cameron, because <laughs> he hasn't won this. No, and, he hasn't. And he's, he's, he's ready and he's frothing at the mouth, I think, to try and uh, capture this title. So let's, because when we, uh, in the next segment, we're actually going to, you're going to go through the make or break holes for both of these golf courses. So just the, the, if people are wondering how the structure of this works, Nick, um, mm-hmm. we, what we understand is that on days one and two, um, if you're playing, you you know it'll be you see a group of men go, then a group of women go, and and you'll play either Victoria first day or second, and you'll play Kingston Heath first day or second. But this is unique as well, not just for that, but the double cut. Yes, so you're going to be playing 36 holes, uh, one round at Kingston Heath, one round at Victoria. If you're one of the players, whether you're men or man or woman, it doesn't matter. And then they'll have the traditional 36 hole cut, top 60 players plus ties, but. What then it means is you're still going to have 120 or or more mm. players on the Saturday at Victoria Golf Club. So it's going to be a full day's golf again. So what they're going to do after 54 holes is then cut it to the top 30 men, top 30 women plus ties. So that on Sunday, we're going to have that traditional 60 to 70 players playing in the final round. And, you know, it'll be a, possibly a two ball or a three ball. I'm not quite sure on the Sunday. So there has been a, you know, <clears throat> a bit of... Mm, hoo-ha about, oh, there shouldn't be a 54-hole cut in a uh, in an Australian Open, but it doesn't bother me at all. It just, hey, play better. I mean, you just gotta, you got to make yeah. that top 30 so you can get a chance to uh, to raise the trophy, and, and it's going to be great for all the spectators to see both men and women uh, in alternate groups going going at it uh, toe-to-toe. The, the beauty of, of, of this event for both the men and the women, though, is that it is... Well, at one stage, and we're hoping to bring it back to this again, One of the, it is incredibly prestigious tournament i mean when you gary player won it seven times nicholas you mentioned before he won it six norman five now peter thompson was a three-time winner and then you look at all the two-timers as well as i mentioned before that some of the greatest names in in australian golf but also the internationals have have come out kari's dominated it um the five-time winner but uh, yanni zeng who you mentioned laura davies both won it uh, a couple of times as well so um that's what we're sort of hoping for it to be again aren't we yeah, for sure. Obviously, the the thing about the the major events or major championships and the biggest events is they the cream always rises to the top, um, and you always see generally the biggest. Now, every now and then you get someone who wins a tournament where you go, oh, don't actually quite know them, and then usually they go on to become a superstar because to win a tournament of this you know prestige is incredibly hard to do, and uh, and it just means that you have the game and the nous to be able to uh, to continue on and, and be successful in this game. Let's have a let's just list some of the players that that we want to be keeping an eye on. Obviously, Cam, um, but but to have you know all of our top ranked women and our top ranked men back for this is incredibly special. So to, starting with the men's side, Cameron Smith, you know Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, Lucas Herbert, Minji, um, oh, sorry Minwoo Lee, um, Cam Davis, you know the two time winner. Um, we're not missing anyone really, are we? 
No, no. And you got Ryan Fox in there who's had an amazing year in Europe as yep. well. Matt Jones is back, you know, who who won the last men's Australian Open. And then you got some uh senior sort of players who who you know, like Jeff Ogilvy pl- played quite well uh last week at the PGA and you know, he's actually a member at this course and lives not far away. So don't be surprised if Jeff's up there on the leaderboard and Greg Chalmers who had a solid week as well. He's won the Aussie Open before and and it's fun to see him back playing as well. Uh, I think I said Cam Davis was a two-time winner. He's a one-time winner, uh, Cameron Davis, but he has um, been runner-up. Uh, I had thought yeah, he's been runner-up, uh, I thought, a couple of times. Uh, no, he hasn't been runner-up. He's just a one-time winner, but I shouldn't say just just the one-time winner. Yeah, just the once. Yeah. Um, so who <laughs> who are you liking on the men's side? Is it? Uh, what, what, would you know what we should do? We'll put a caveat on this. Who's winning if not Cam? Yeah, there you go, because Cameron, well, which Cam? <laughs> Smith. Because there is two. No, I know. I know. I'm only kidding. Um, it, it, is, it is a tough one. Um, I would like to see, you know, someone like, I think Lucas Herbert's got a really good shot because he, mm. he's grown up, you know, playing sandbelt golf all his life. He knows yep. this course incredibly well, but will the back hold up after last week? I'm, I'm actually not That's quite sure. That's my concern. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I would have tipped him as well. Yeah, but other than him, I, I'm for me at the moment the way he's playing, and I think the momentum he got from last week, Minwoo Lee, I think he's the one. I can't argue with you there. Yeah. And, and a couple of years ago, won the Vic Open um, on Sandbelt as well. I think he plays the conditions the brilliantly. Bro- the brother sister double. I was going to say that as well. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I did it to you, didn't I? <laughs> um, I'm surprised you went with um, with with Min G because um, Hannah Green's from your home golf course. No, so I know. Well, you... <laughs> no, I, I was just referring to the double uh, from, from a. Well, wouldn't that be? Well, let's talk about that. Wouldn't that be something iconic? Wouldn't that be what one of the great moments in Australian sport? Yeah, no, it'd be never been done before the National Open for sure. No, I yeah. mean. Uh, but from selfishly, I'd love to see Hannah Green win because, yep. as you said, she's from my home club, Mount Lawley in Perth, and uh, and it would be awesome to to be able to for her to be able to take the the trophy back to uh, Mount Lawley. Uh, that that would be incredible. That would be some homecoming. This is our Australian Open preview, the last show of 2022 for Off the Tee. For Cobra Golf, win one of five putters on their Insta. Nick Ahern is going to tell you the make or break holes on both Kingston Heath and Victoria Golf Club on the other side of this on Off the Tee. You're listening to Off the Tee with Nick Ahern and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off the Tee podcast. Well, thanks to Cobra Golf, win one of five putters on their Insta, our Australian Open preview on the final episode of 2022 of Off the Tee. Nick Ahern is going to take us through on both Kingston Heath and Victoria Golf Club, the make or break holes. Let's start with a couple at Kingston Heath, Nick. Uh, the number two uh, ranked golf course in Australia, according to the World Top 100, uh, number 20 in the world. The make or break holes for you, please. Well, there's uh, all 18 of them, to be honest. But no, <laughs> I'll, I'll narrow it down to three holes, which I think uh, I, I really love out there and, and, and could be the tipping point. First of all, the par 5 12th hole. That's a fascinating golf hole where it's they've, they've lengthened it quite a lot for the men, for the women. This week, it's going to play a little different. Obviously, the tees will be a little bit further forward. But there's a fairway bunker right in the middle mm. of the fairway there. And... With Hazard up the left, you have to make a decision. Do you try and thread it up that left side where it makes the whole place shorter or do you bail out a little bit out to the right or even lay up? Um, some players, when it's downwind, will be able to get over that bunker, but 
it requires two very precise shots to put yourself in position to have that that execution into the third. But there can be some big numbers there, but yep. people can make birdies and even a possible eagle given when it's downwind. Uh, wind tends to be in your face though a lot, doesn't it? On, uh, on, on that on that hole. On that hole, yes, I believe it does. Yeah. So it, that's why it's just such a strong par five. And usually the par fives are the, are the gettable ones, mm. but in this case, that's going to be a one of those make or break holes. And then I think uh, as you're coming home, I mean, 15, the par three up the hill is one of the greatest par threes in Australian golf. I think it's just a, the bunkering and, and everything is incredible. If the wind there is off the left, it's a very difficult hole. If the wind's off the right or a touch into, then it doesn't play too bad. But it's just such an iconic short iron in there and the bunkering is just so severe. What I love about this hole is if you look at the website, uh, the PGA have done, uh, uh, if the PGA Tour did a, a hole-by-hole analysis of Kingston Heath. And on each hole, they've got like one, like it could be Ogilvy or Scott or Baddeley. This hole is so impressive that they've got three people to give their view. (laughs) Adam Scott, Jason Day, and Tiger Woods, who says the three par threes at Kingston Heath are really good. And number 15 especially shows off the natural bunkering. I've always loved the bunkering in the sand belt. It's some of the best bunkering in the world, and you don't see it like this anywhere else. This uphill hole is tough, and I was fortunate to have made birdie there during the final round when I won the 2009 Australian Masters. It was a back pin, and I put the ball about six feet away and made the putt. When Tiger's saying he's fortunate to have made a birdie in his career, you know that it's a hole to be reckoned with. Yeah, and it's probably only a nine iron or a wedge for some of the players, so it just goes to show you how tough it is. When they put the pin at the front there, that's almost the hardest pin because the the width of the green there is probably only about eight or nine paces wide, and it's just so tricky. When they put the pin up the back, that's actually the easier uh, pin position there. So that's a great hole. And then the next one, 16, I think is going to be a big turning point. It's a blind tee shot. Uh, you go over a rise and then it dog legs from left to right. You've got to avoid some fairway bunkers, but there's these tea trees down the left and a wasted sandy area over there as well that you're really trying to avoid. But the second shot into the green is one of the trickiest to hold the green. It, it sort of, it feeds off both sides. And if you go long there, well, you're just going to write five, maybe even six down on your scorecard. So that 15-16 is is two of the real tricky holes on the golf course. And then it doesn't get much easier because you finish with two, two strong par fours. But I really want, I think that, that 16th is going to be a turning point. Victoria Golf Club, ranked number eight in Australia in the uh, top 100 golf courses in the world, just outside the top 100. But uh, what a phenomenal course this is. And um, I think I've read before, Jeff Ogilvy say that it's his favourite um, course in Victoria. So give us uh, a couple of the make or break holes for this one, please. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, um, you know, it starts off with that beautiful par four down the hill. It's only 230 mm. metres. You could call it a par three or a par four. And then over to the right-hand side, you see the statue of Peter Thompson, who's won the Australian Open three times. So if yes. you're not nervous already, just look over at Peter <laughs> and he'll give you a bit of a wink and a wave. But yep. uh, no, it's a it's a great starting, uh, starting hole there. But again... I, I said 15 and 16 at Kicks and Heath. I think it's the same at Victoria. 15 yeah, right. is a short par four, reachable, and it's sort of it's one of the great short par fours in Australian golf. Bunkers uh, all the way down the left. You've got a couple of greenside bunkers on the right. It's drivable when the wind's favourable and so on. Or you take the iron, lay well back. You're going to see some eagles there, but you're also going to see some car crashes as well, some bogeys, double bogeys, maybe even higher if you don't hit it in the right spot. It's such a wonderful hole. And then the next hole, the 16, is a par three. Again, an uphill par three like 15 at Kingston Heath, except much longer. And this is, I think, the toughest par three on the golf course. It really tests a mid uh, mid to even a long iron sometimes uh, when you get that southerly or maybe it's the southwesterly coming in there. So uh, long on that hole is no-go. If you go long there, you're making four or five. No, no, no question about it. So those two holes, 
incredible. Well, there you go. The make or break holes for the 2022 Australian Open, both men's and the women's 150 iteration uh, of the men's and the 30th time it's been run on the women's. The All Abilities happening as well across Kingston Heath and the Victoria Golf Club. If people missed it before, your tips, both men's and women's? Uh, on the men's side, we're going to go with Minwoo Lee. And mm. then on the women's side, sorry, Minji, but I'm going to go with Hannah Green. Yeah, I've got uh, the brother-sister double yeah, uh, happening. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that would be just – you always go for the story. Yeah. And, look, Cam Smith would be a great story because it is the only title that he probably – you know, it is the title that he doesn't have. Um, he, he's come runner-up before to Jordan Spieth, but he hasn't got this one. But you just feel it's going to be um, – it's who can beat Cam. Who, who can be consistent enough? And that's what he was at Royal Queensland, Nick. I mean, it was the consistency. He was the only golfer that didn't card anything above – 70 or over. Yeah, well, the thing about Cam is even if he doesn't hit the ball well, his short game re- uh, helps yeah. him recover. So he can just keep his score going until his swing clicks in and then all of a sudden, oh, he's making four birdies in a row. So <laughs> so that, we hope, has got you right where you need to be uh, with all the information that you need to have ahead of this uh, Australian Open. It's all thanks to Cobra. Follow Cobra Golf on Insta at cobra-puma-golf-au and you could win a King 3D printed putter. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, before we say goodbye for the final time in 2022, and we will sign off with the Ping Golf How To Play Your Best Golf Tip of the Week, Nick O'Hearn's final tip of the week, which will take you through the summer. Um, on the other side, in 2023, we're very, very excited, Nick O'Hearn, about the Australian Master of amateurs. This event in a short time has become one of the most prestigious amateur events uh, in the world. It's the who's who have played it, the who's who are going to play it. It is the best opportunity uh, in Australia each year to see the next crop of stars coming through. And it is the brainchild uh, of our very next guest, uh, Peter Mann, who's been good enough to jump on with us before next year's tournament at the Southern Golf Club. Uh, Peter, hello to you. Hi Sam, hi Nick, very well, very excited for uh, an unbelievable championship in January 2023. Well just before uh, we hear a little bit about who's coming and uh, and, and where and how people get involved, Peter, how did this all come about? (laughs) I had a bit of a passion for golf and I was in the media and um, saw some events around the world and and thought there was an opportunity to do an elite amateur championship and um, my dream was to get the world involved so all the countries and it was on the verge of them turning professional so it was a pathway for amateur to professional and after 26 years we've 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 done it and we've seen some very exciting um, amateurs turn professional and we keep an eye on them and you know one of them is Cameron Smith, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Bud Corley, you've got Patrick Rogers, you've got Matthew Wolf, Aaron Wise, um, Bryson DeChambeau, Victor Dubasson, Morgan Hoffman. You can just keep naming them all, you know, Tommy Fleetwood. And, you know, it's been great watching them, but they've really appreciated playing in the event. And Ricky Fowler says, you know, the, one of the best times he ever had in Australia was coming to the Australian Master Amateurs. And he had a playoff with Mark Anderson, and it went birdie, 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 eagle. And Mark won, but, um, you know, it was fantastic. And that's what we love seeing. Um, these kids on the verge of turning pro. And the Americans that do come out, uh, they um, do go home and then they eventually turn pro and they actually finish on the PGA Tour. 
Oh, that's amazing, Pete. I mean, you just read off, a, yeah, as you said, a who's who of, of some of the golfers yeah. that play uh, all around the world these days. I mean, you must be so proud that you're providing a stepping stone for them going forward uh, in their career. But, I, I mean, just going back, uh, can you give us uh, a few names of actually who are the past winners of, of both the men's and the women's that, that we would know of? Yeah, Jason Day, um, you know, he won it. Aaron Wise, um, he won it as well. Um, so, yeah, and also Sir Heath Thagal, um, he won at Victoria. And Sir Heath has just recently gone on to on the PGA Tour and, and you, you know, we've been watching him. Uh, so, uh, you know, some very exciting ones that uh, have got, have got, who've won the event and have, have gone on. Yeah, he's been playing great mm. on the PGA Tour this mm. last year, uh, Sahith Thagala. Yeah, an amazing, yep. amazing player. Grace Kim, Steph Kuriaku, a couple of others from the Aussie side. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, Matthew Wolf didn't win, but Matthew Wolf was, you know, he just enjoyed it so much. And he was such a nice boy at the time at Royal Melbourne, uh, where we hold the course record on the West and the East for both the male and the female. So uh, we hold the, it's in gold there. The Australian Master Amateurs holds the record there, and we hold the record at uh, Victoria as well, the course record. Um, but Matthew Wolf, you know, it, um, all the members, the people of the galleries that came down, because we were on SEN then at the time, um, he just, you know, went up to everyone and just signed hats, and he was you know, remarkable. And, and this is what we get the enjoyment out of watching these young boys and girls um, you know, have a career and, and move on as a pathway. And uh, we, we all stay in contact and the sponsors all stay in contact. And it's amazing the emails that the sponsors have of these players and, um, you know, they, they stay in contact. And one, one gentleman, Lou Mignon, uh, looked after Jason Day when he was a junior and helped him and his, his mother and, and uh, he actually calls him Pop. And uh, he went over to Augusta and actually caddied for him in the, the par three. And, um, you know, we love seeing that sort of thing where our sponsors get behind the players and support them too. So, you know, it's another uh, introduction for them too. Because um, the harder thing, you know, Nick, when you turn professional, you're worried about where the money's coming from. And it's sometimes great to have some people there that say, look, you know, we'll, we'll support you, just look after the clubs and make sure the clubs do the talking. That is very true. It's funny, Lumin Yong, I played golf with him recently, so he's a, he's a wonderful guy. But uh, going forward for this year, who uh, who are the players that we that, that we you know should should look out for? Well, in the men, we've got actually we've got 19 countries, uh, which is great because the last two years have been the hardest with COVID, and so we've got the whole international field back. So with the Aussies, we'll have 50, and the internationals will have 52 for the men, and with the women, uh, we'll have Australia 23 representing the international 31. So a total women's field of 54, and a total field for the men of 102. The ones to keep an eye out on, uh, especially the two Americans coming out, Dylan Manaki, he's number six in the world and um, he's number five player in the USA and Nick, Nicholas Gabrilic, he's number 10 in the world um, and they're very, very, very good golfers. Um, from England, we've got John Goff. He's number one player in the world. He's ranked number 19. Um, then you've got uh, in Finland, Marcus Luma. He's number three player in Finland um, at 8.16. You've got Hong Kong, Tashi Koa. He's number one player in Hong Kong, ranked 71 in the world. And then also we've got to mention Harrison Crowe, who won the Asian Amateur. He's confirmed playing. He's playing in the Australian Open. Jeffrey Guan, very good player, um, number 53 in the world. And you've got Jack Buchanan, Josh Greer. Uh, you've got the New Zealand Amateur Champion, Jasper Stubbs. 
And what about on the um, women's side of the draw, um, Pete? Yeah, with the women, we've got Justice Bosio. She's number three player from Queensland, number 96. Sarah Hamlet, she's number 132. She's number five. Then we've got number six, Kelly Marks. We've got Caitlin Pierce, number seven. Belinda Jai, number eight. Brilio Malpapone, number 11. Now, also with the females, we've got from Finland, Katrina Baker. She's number three in Finland, 357 in the world. From Canada, Lucy Lin. She's number 13 in the world at 390 from Canada. Hong Kong, we've got um, Chan. She's number five. Pete, I think, uh, I think we might need to do another podcast if we get going through the whole field. But it, I'll tell you what it is, is one of the best fields you will see of amateurs anywhere in the world. And we can't wait for it. So before we let you go, Pete, just give us the, the dates, give us the venue and how people can find and get tickets. Yeah, it's the 2nd to the 6th, Southern Golf Club. And while we're mentioning Southern, we must um, say congratulations to Sean Taylor, the superintendent, and Sean Page, the assistant superintendent, and all these staff, unbelievable. And when you go through the gates, you see the home of the Australian Marcianas, and that's uh, done by Brad Robb, the general manager, who's done an amazing job. Peter Anderson, the president, and Andrew Rowe, the captain. The club has been unbelievable. And one special yep. thing for your, for your listeners, I'll tell you now, for Christmas in January... Southland Kia and Southland Azusa Ute have got an unbelievable deal for all Australian Master and the listeners on SEN. Neil Haven is the dealer principal. Go and see him. And the dates are the 2nd to the 6th of January 2023. It is free entry. So this is the big thing about it. All the families and spectators can come to Southern Golf Club and walk the fairways, no ropes, and free entry and free car parking. So just come down and see the next superstars of this game. And uh, it's going to be amazing. And also, they can get the famous Australian Marcianas burger at the Southern Golf Club. All your listeners, just go to www.masteroftheamateurs.com.au for all the news. Peter Mann, Australian Master of Amateurs, cannot wait for this uh, starting January the 2nd next year. Well, for the final time this year, Nick Ahern, uh, the floor is yours for the Ping Golf Play Your Best Golf Tip of the Week. Use Ping Golf equipment so you can play your best. Uh, Ping Golf equipment is custom engineered, custom fit and custom built for you to play your best. The book is how to play your best golf. This tip, Nick, needs to take us through the summer as we are done for 2022. So what is the last little pearl of wisdom you'd like to impart on the Off The Tee family to get them through their summer of golf? Well, I, I think what you're going to see, for instance, if when you watch the Australian Open this week, is you're going to see that there's no one style, there's no one way to play the game of golf. And I may have mentioned this at some point, you know, during the show, but it's so important to play like your personality. Play as you would go about things in everyday life. If you're a, an upbeat, sort of hyperactive person, go play golf that way. Don't try and slow things down and take as much time as you can. Now, if you're the opposite, if you're very methodical and you're analytical, play the game of golf that way as well. Think about things, you know, get, take your time to work through all the equations and the problems that are in front of you. So that's that's a really important part uh, about the game is to do what's comfortable in everyday life on the golf course because what tends to happen when you're out there is this little white golf ball makes you do things you normally don't do in everyday life. <laughs> it sends you into spaces where you go, really, I've... Is that how I acted? Is that what I did there? And, 
you know, um, golf's just all about uh, playing to your strengths, avoiding your weaknesses, obviously, and uh, and and getting out there and enjoying yourself, and and really just having fun on the golf course. That's one of the most important things. And and if you have fun in everyday life doing a certain things a certain way, well, then do that on the golf course. Don't change those sorts of things when you go and play. So so important. Absolutely love it, Nick. It's been a it's been a joy to be able to talk golf with you each and every week. Hopefully, we're back uh, in twenty twenty three. But thank you for everything that you've given. Uh, we get such a great response from the show, from the, for the advice you give, for the stories that you've been able to tell, for the wisdom that you're able to impart, and for your insight uh, into the great game. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. It's been a lot of fun, and we will be back in 2023. Absolutely. A big thanks to all those who have sponsored us this year as well. Big Swing Golf, uh, Ping. Use Ping Golf Equipment so you can play your best. Uh, Ping Golf Equipment is custom engineered, custom fit, and custom built for you to play your best. Big thanks to Cobra Golf for uh, sponsoring our Australian Open Preview. And most importantly, a big thanks to you for listening. Uh, So if you are picking up a club this week or any other week until we speak to you again, uh, as Nick said, play to your personality. Have so much fun. It is one of the greatest games in the world. This has been uh, Off the Tee.